Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Brooke, and I have a couple of friends along with me. I've got Tanner and Lauren. You guys say hi. Hey, uh, thanks for calling me your friend. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize we were friends. That's actually really cool. Well, thanks, you know, bud. life's changed a lot in the last week, so since we He's last lost recorded, a lot of friends. That's yes. right. That's right. My, my friends have dwindled, and I need more, um, so I thought I'd start there. Uh, this is episode 18 of the E6 wow. podcast from Colonial Church. We are glad that you guys are listening in. If this is your first time, welcome. If you are a uh, longtime listener and... We don't have callers, so you can't be a first-time caller, but uh, we're glad you're listening as well. So um, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm tired today, but I'm good. Tired? Okay. I get that. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's okay. good. I also am, and that's fine, but that's, that's no big deal. Well, yeah. You're, you... you're allowed to still be tired. Yes, but you're tired for a different reason. Whatever my whatever my reasons are. It doesn't matter. Okay, so I, I have a question, Okay. Um, and I want to know what is something interesting that has happened to you in the last couple of weeks? What's something interesting in your life that's, that's, uh, that, that, that you've got going on? Wow. I'm just diving in. Something interesting. So unique. Well, by, my de- by my definition of interesting? interesting? Yeah, or like somebody else would find well, this I interesting? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe somebody else needs to find it interesting <laughs> so we don't sit here through this and I have to cut it out later. But Right. All right, so I'll give you I'll give you mine, right? So here's okay. here's something interesting that's happened and <clears throat> and I guess you guys can jump in and say, well, this happened to all of us, but so um we almost died, the three of us. Yeah. We almost died uh trying to create at the movies for everyone. We almost we almost uh, <laughs> well, lost our people lost appreciate our, lives. our sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Um and prior just prior to that, you guys know this obviously, but I w- got my my second dose of the vaccine oh. and was uh was struck with fever for about the first 24 hours of You us. were you were miserable. I've never <laughs> seen you like that. Brooke, Brooke for, for a lot of people who don't know Brooke, he is he's got energy He's go go go. Uh, he's got a, a long list of to dos. You're known in my mind for your lists of of things you want to accomplish, which is so funny to me. And to see it's you hilarious. like horizontal and your eyes droopy. And, oh man, um, I was struggling. You were, you were hugging a pillow. It the funny was thing weird. Was, you fell my, asleep a couple times in oh, a meeting. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, you you were boring. So <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing to me was when when Lauren like switched to dad mode and he was concerned about the amount of Tylenol that I had. Oh yeah, <laughs> I really was. It was in Are the you allowed to take milligrams. that much? <laughs> well, I brought all my medical expertise to the I know, table. But not, not only was he concerned, he then went and looked it up to make did. sure that he wasn't crazy. Like he, and I was like, bro, I don't this care. Is not okay. I don't care right now. Like, I haven't had anything since then, it's but love, I was man. like, I, you know, whatever I had to do to get it done. You know? Evidently, we're friends, Brooke. So. <laughs> and you woke, you woke up the next day and you're like, Lauren, uh, you'll be happy to know. I have not taken any Tylenol. That's right. It has been over. It has been. It has been twelve you hours. You did take four thousand milligrams, if I'm not mistaken. It was something and you around were considering there. Considering taking some more. So. But you yeah. said, hold on. You said you said we almost died, but you didn't. Yeah, tell right. Us so how. we. So that was that was that was getting there. So so we we left and we went out of town, just the three of us, so that we could go and get some at the movie stuff nailed down for this year, which mm-hmm. is super late for us because we try to do this way the way end in advance. of the year prior. And so yeah. this is something that we normally do in like. September, October, yeah, and it's May. It was the end of <laughs> end of April when we did all this, and so we were we were just behind the eight ball here, trying to get it all done. So we go out of town just to make sure that we're not getting distracted by everything else, and we have all of our space and time, and and uh, and so we went out to dinner, and we went to a sports bar. It had tons of people. It was loud, like literally TVs on all the all yeah. over the place, like on everything. Like your table has a TV, and your chair has Projectors a TV on the back. Everywhere. It As it should be. Yeah, right. Sports bar. The yeah. tray that they're carrying your drinks out like has a TV hanging from it. You know, it's like I feel like it's a, like that with the wait staff when they turn around. There's a, there's TV, a TV on their on back. Their back and, yeah. So there's TVs everywhere, and so there's noise. It's loud and everything. And then the storm comes in. Oh. That literally the 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 supercell goes right over the top of us. Uh-huh. And hail 
is uh, I love that I'm telling you this story. Like I'm looking at you two, like you don't know this story. I'm you... going back there in my mind. It was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was so absolutely. The, the terrifying. noise level just gets higher and higher and higher. And their outdoor seating is like covered by like a tin roof, and oh, so man. it's just like somebody's playing the drums on the tin. Like it's, it's like your little kid, you know. For those uh-huh. of you that are parents, if you've ever had a kid with a drum set, like you know what I mean. It was just it's just constant and obnoxious, mm-hmm. and you can't get. And then it just gets louder and louder and louder and louder. And we're like, wow, I guess we're gonna. We're going to sit here for a while. and My favorite moment is when the waitress comes through. No, uh, hang on before that. Okay. So before that, then, uh, so the hail's getting crazy, and then everybody's phones in the, restu- in the restaurant goes off. So everybody's phone is now getting the, uh, the um, update. The there. emergency. A tornado Burn. warning. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so like we're like looking around. I think you got it on your phone, yes. Lauren. And then <laughs> Lauren looks at us. <laughs> How come yours hasn't gone off? <laughs> and then like all of them across the room, you know, they start going off and and uh, and then continue. Then then the 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 serving uh, one of the serving people walks through and she goes, "Everybody get to the kitchen. It's the safest room." And we all well we all stood up and kind of looked at each other. And I think maybe two or three people followed her. And the rest of us just kind of stood there paralyzed. Like, are we really in we, this restaurant? We're we about going to go to do this. Kitchen? Yeah. And we look over at Brooke, and Brooke is sitting down eating like nothing is it, happening. He never changed his posture, not uh, one time. Clearly not worried. I was not. I was not. I ready was terrified. To go. I'm I not still had lie. half my burger. I wasn't ready yeah. to go. I was gonna. I'm gonna finish my burger, and then we'll do this. I haven't heard any sirens yet. And Tanner's yeah. Tanner's car was pulverized uh, by hail. It got a bunch of. Uh, um, a bunch of love. From, it, got, it got a from bunch the, of love from, from love from above. Dimples man. all over that hood and top, and I'm surprised you didn't lose a window. You I, know? So the I actually was looking at it. There's like a trim piece just below your window, like a plastic piece that goes across um, where your window rolls down, right. and it shattered that thing. Really? Yeah. So I was on. Uh, oddly enough, I was on the phone with insurance people before we sat down mm. to record podcast, but. Mm. Yeah, well, plus you also had the uh, the house that we were staying in. They the house oh, got man. hammered. Yeah, and, Ugh. you know, poor so, people, man. Seriously, which was which was wonderful that they were willing to let us stay there. And fortunately, it's not because we were there. That, you know, right. it's like we didn't bring we the didn't, problem. It yeah, would have happened didn't. either way. But uh, but yeah, so we were creating at the movies for this year, and we almost died. So that was pretty awesome. Beat that. I but that was the one I was going to use. <laughs> You 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 just totally set us up for failure. There. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Lauren, uh, what's something interesting that happened to you? <laughs> oh, wow, I knew you were going to do this. Um, you voted on the bond. That thing happened. Voted on the school bond issue. I was, I was shocked. So- I was shocked at the results. Just uh, to, just just. I, I was to worried that, that nobody was going to go vote. That it passed. That it passed. It passed. I was, it passed pretty strongly. It did. Like two, like, to, two to one, maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was shocked. I mean, I've been in Wichita a long time yeah. to see different votes. Well, the first and bigger bonds related to school with a lot more money, um, it, yeah. it barely passed. It was like right. 51, 49, 52, right. 48, something like that. Uh, this was like 67, 33 um, percentage yeah. wise. Yeah, and all like 300 of the people that cared. It's a little more than that, but <laughs> to your point, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a large segment of the population. Granted, last, last time it was tacked on to the presidential election, so it was like yes. you at least, you know, it's at least on your ballot, like regardless you of say whether something. or not you care, yeah. and so you have to choose something. But I always find that interesting because like every time we go vote for something here in Wichita Falls, it's like maybe maybe 12,000 people. You yeah, know, like 10, you, might, people. You, you might crack 10% of our people showing up to vote on something that just seems it's crazy so, right so little. it's weird Grant, i don't have anything I don't else to to compare to I like know. i don't i don't know what other cities are like but that that was definitely an interesting thing um you know i'll i'll throw this out there um i think one of my favorite moments i, I say this is interesting just because of what's going on in the world these days one of my favorite moments over the last couple of weeks was sitting in a coffee shop shocker Ooh, hanging crazy. out with somebody talking you I don't I talk, say. I think I talk about this so much. People know that's just what I love to do. I love people. <laughs> I love relationships. I love unhurried conversations. And I got to sit down with Marissa Cervantes, uh, local detective here in Wichita Falls, and um, her significant other, James Hughes, who's in uh, our also in our justice system here locally. And it was just a really good conversation. And uh, <clears throat> I walked away. I already really liked them. They've been a part of Colonial for quite a while. 
Colony, uh, Marissa, we need to get her on here because we need to hear cool. her story of coming to know Jesus here at Colonial, um, what it's like to, to be a cop and follow Jesus. And mm. I walked away not only just loving them even more than I already did, but I, I learned some things. I just, I think I walked away just with a slightly better grasp of the things our friends in law enforcement go through. And especially in these crazy times with um, so much politics and conversations about our justice system. And um, it was really good. I'm so grateful for them. And, and as always, grateful to have necessary hard conversations. So that was probably the most interesting thing in my life the last couple of weeks, if I'm honest. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Tanner? Anything besides almost dying? Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you're sitting here talking, so I was actually thinking about something uh, interesting. So we also, come back. Your story was great. We he, also he was really listening. To I your really story loved too. your story. <laughs> actually, I really like Marissa. She's awesome. Uh, I don't really know James uh, that much. They're good people. Um, I'd love to get to know him. Um, interesting. We came back from our almost dying trip. Yes. Which also there was a tornado not very far away from us, and then a funnel yes. that we also didn't talk about in yeah, our like in at our all. chance of right, dying. Yeah. Right. So. <clears throat> um, but I show up at home, I'm home for a little bit, and then the very next day, my wife and our baby, Emerson, they took off and went out of town, and uh, Ella, our daughter, went to spend the night with grandparents. Uh-oh. So it was me and Easton. Nice. Friday night, most of Saturday, and so an interesting thing that happened was I took my son to the movies, just Uh-oh. me and him. Just you and him. Went and saw uh, John Wick Four. Yes, John Wick Four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loved it. Uh, by he's, the way, this is great. Yeah, uh, we story. went and saw. He's not scarred for life at all. What's it called? Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh yeah, which is a really good also a movie, true story. By the way, also a true story. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the whole time he kept sitting there asking me when the movie was going to be done so he could go get some more candy. Um, that's that's right. that age. Which is that's yeah right. Yeah. Uh, so, but that was really fun and interesting that he and I got to spend some dad, yeah, dad son time. That's awesome. Uh, that we were not expecting. So, love it. That's cool, yeah, dude. That's cool. You Boom. know, as as dads with multiple kids, the times we get one on one with any one of our kids is really special. Yeah. You know, um, I remember when I was uh, working for Young Life a long time ago, and primarily with high school students. One of our favorite families that we got connected to had six kids, which blew me away. That's obviously not common. Mm. And I remember talking to one of the younger girls. I think she was the fifth out of six kids. And I was just raving about how wonderful their family was and man, what's it like <clears throat> to be a part of the Boone family. And, and she very matter-of-factly, I think she was in maybe eighth grade, she said, um, I just never get to be with my mom, just mm. me and her. It's always a bunch of us or people around. Um, and I just, it, it's like, I, I, was, I think I was 30, and it just, I didn't see it coming. I was like, oh, I never thought about that. And now that I'm a dad of four, uh, I totally see that. Like the, the chance to just drift into some one-on-one time is almost nil, Yeah, you know? And so uh, to that end, man, way to go. Way yeah, to spend a little fun. time with Easton. And it was fun. I, I would like you guys to help me stay on top of, dates with my daughters and trying to keep that that rhythm uh i've seen that modeled well by a couple of friends and that motivates me to to try to do that well i got to take abby to target yesterday she's my 17 year old and we walked around looking at girl clothes and (laughs) dorm room she's going off to college next year dorm room like paraphernalia and I mean, bluntly put, I was bored out of my mind did you just say paraphernalia he did dorm room i'm like is that is that did I misuse a term? Is that posters? Like, I'm just curious what well, dorm room pal- Can I just tell you, is. I don't even know what we were looking at. Like, <laughs> like there's mirrors. I don't even know what this is. Fake plants and there's de- decorations. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, you know? So she told you it was dorm room paraphernalia? Yes. We were specifically looking for ideas for her dorm room, and I was just following her around. I bought her a Starbucks drink. It's... <laughs> I wish people could see Lauren's face when he said, when he said, I, I don't even know what we were looking I at. Like, <laughs> I saw things. I just was, I just wanted to be with my daughter. Yeah. Okay? No, I bought her yeah. a Starbucks drink. 
I good job, Dad. I just was, and it was fun. Yeah, it was really it's just fun. Funny. I think it's funny how much then you get to that point where it's like, okay, I got to run to the grocery store. Hey, let me uh, take uh, you. Yes. You come yeah. with me. Yes. And then, you know, it's like, I don't need you to go to the grocery store. Sometimes I don't even want you to go to the grocery store with me. <laughs> usually it's really, I, really nice. Usually if I, I don't. My, I want I some alone time. And, I want to mm-hmm. jam to some tunes mm-hmm. right. really loud by myself in the car. I want to make a phone call. Yeah. And man, that's that's one of the best things as a parent I've ever done is, okay, I'm going to run an errand, mm-hmm. grab a kid. Ooh, okay. I need to get some gas in the car. Yes. Come with me, child. It's, it's oh, I forgot something at the office. Right, I grab a kid. It's yeah. I think that's those are rare. I think car time with a kid is huge. I read this somewhere that even even some walls come down because you're both looking, especially with teenagers, you're both looking forward or you're looking out windows. You're not looking each other in the eye. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can actually have conversations about hard things that's just a little bit easier. There's something psychological about car time. So. Mm. Well, it's also free. it's also car time when you are like when you're driving and they're in the back and they kind of they kind of like forget that you're there. Yeah. And so they just have their own I've learned all kinds of things about their lives. Yeah. It's like when they're sitting and, with and a we're friend only in the about back like elementary school. Yeah. Like it's like not that big <laughs> yeah. a deal, but yeah. you, you know they they get into their own little worlds and they start having conversations even when it's like hushed tones or whispers, you know. And it's like <laughs> oh. Uh. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Good mm-hmm, to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good stuff, man. Parenting. I'm just learning. I'm yeah. glad I have you guys that are way older than me, <laughs> way out in front. Uh, well, the good news is we're just learning. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least I am. You know, it's funny. I want to say things like, yeah, there's no there's no textbooks for this. And yet the irony is there are thousands of textbooks about parenting, and yet we all still feel... Well, but I feel like I feel like textbooks get to a like this is how you do it, and therefore, if it falls outside of these guardrails or this mm-hmm. this line of thinking, then it doesn't work. And some of the books that I've read that are like, well, this is how you need to parent your kid, and this is how you need to discipline your kid, and this is how you need to do this. Man, as soon as you have a kid that doesn't fit that mold, like you throw that out. Like it's like sure that book is worthless. or it works with kid number one, but doesn't work with kid doesn't, number yeah, two. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is completely worthless because no okay, doubt. maybe maybe these ideas kind of worked for the first kid, but right. but man, after that, it's like well, no doubt, didn't work for two, didn't work for three, and four <laughs> is just a well, we just we just hope he's still fed and not lost, you know, uh-huh. no yep. doubt. Okay, so we started a new sermon series this weekend. We uh, we wrapped up our previous one last week and dove into an all new topic this week on the Sermon on the Mount which is such a creative name that they came up with centuries ago. I wonder who first made that up. <laughs> like, like I, I, I know a lot about uh, how Scripture was interpreted, mm-hmm. and we learned this in seminary, you know, the, they took the Hebrew, they took the Greek, they, you know, teams of scholars, you know, and different principles of interpretation, a fancy word is hermeneutics, but but I don't remember. I should know this probably. I don't remember who decided and when the numbers of the chapters and the verses. Because mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert. Some of them don't seem to make. There's a ton no of sense. numbers in the original manuscripts. Right. You know, when oh, it was a letter. When you Paul is writing a letter, you to don't someone, write chapter two verse no, th- verse no. three. But it helps letter. us find it quickly, obviously. <laughs> but but even like. The, the titles of the sections, you know, this right. is the story of the lost son or the prodigal son, or this is the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated by who first said that. Let's call this, this is, he's on the, he's on the hill. Well, uh, it's like Dallas some, of Willard. Them, some of them are just like, Jesus feeds 5,000. It's like, okay. And then you read a couple verses and Jesus fed 5,000. It's like, <laughs> oh, great job. Like that was, was very descriptive, very very creative. Thank you. Yes, I could never have figured that I out. Think, I think more often than not, that's exactly what it is. I know. Yeah. It's like, here is something that will be said in three lines. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. It's like the title of a movie. Like you watch the whole movie, waiting for where is it? Where is it? Where, up there it is. Yeah. Okay. It's it's the it's the worship leader problem. It's the <laughs> that's it's right. The, it's the I'm gonna say the line we're about to sing. <laughs> like thanks. That was I always awesome. love it. We're gonna we're gonna pray the. <laughs> I'm gonna pray the lyrics of the song, or uh-huh. pray the title of the song uh-huh. as we as we go into it. Yeah, yes, I think I did that fun. last weekend. This past weekend, it's genius. It's genius. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Mm. I'm fascinated as well. I, you know, I've 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 learned off and on over the years different things about this famous teaching of Jesus. I was reading again this past week how 
you know, there's safe speculation that he taught for a long time on the side of the mountain, on this, on a hill. So have you been, have you been to, have you been to Israel? I have been there, but okay, before sorry. we go there real go quick, but you can read start to finish what we have in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and right. I joked about it on, on Sunday. You can read the whole thing in 12, 14, 15 minutes. Like, there's a lot that he said that we don't have recorded. I'm just mm. fascinated by that. As much as we, without apology, hold up the Word of God as authoritative and... Um, and I don't think God's, you know, a trickster, a riddler, where he's keeping things from us, mm-hmm. or I don't, I don't believe that matches up with his character at all. And yet, all at the same time, there's a chunk of what Jesus said on that day, and frankly, lots of other days. Right, I was going to say, We yeah. just don't have recorded to go back and read, and I'm just, I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, that probably troubles some people or some personality types. To me, it's just interesting, mm-hmm. you know, because I believe the Lord says, this is what I want you to know. This yeah. is this is what I want to pass on. I don't. I just. He's not messing with us. He's not leaving things out. Um, but having said, <laughs> he's not. He's not going. Gotcha. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which uh, the 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 terrible thing is, there are some of us that think that way. They sure. think they think that he's just kind he's of like out. he's holding out, or he's trying to exclude, or he's all that yeah. stuff. But the reality is, we we have what we need to have, you know. But it is interesting. You know, I'm like, man, why why didn't we have recorders then? You know, like, <laughs> right. Come on, press technology. record, man. Somebody was paraphrasing. <laughs> Nobody uh, was hanging out in the fig tree with a microphone. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh Yes. To answer your question, Brooke, I I I have uh, been over to Israel once in my life. My my dad uh, went when I was a kid, and he took my mom, and then he went later and took me and then he went later took my sister i believe he took my brother but we don't pay attention to my baby brother a lot so i'm not sure if that happened <laughs> I told you the fourth one is just like whatever, whatever. <laughs> i think hope he he's here but uh i i <laughs> went when i was 14 years old and fortunately i got to go to israel unfortunately I, I was 14 <laughs> and it was it was more of an adventure the f- everything was pickled the food was terrible Agreed, uh, right there. Oh That's, my goodness, I couldn't eat. I'm not anything. a Mediterranean food guy. I didn't like all the tourist aspect of it. You know, even as a as a young learning about the Bible person, I wasn't in love with Jesus yet. So it just it didn't have the mm. meaning for me that I wanted. The, my favorite experience of the entire two experiences of the entire trip is we went to the fortress of Masada. Yeah, Masada. And as a as a 14 year old boy, it's real cool. That was amazing. Real cool. Like just this fortress in the desert, and and we we went all the way up there. Like I think, I think we went up in like some kind of tram car or something. Yeah. But then my my dad let me and my 15 year old friend on the trip run down the Hike snake down, path, right? and we ran so fast this long <laughs> snake path that we just ate it, just totally crashed, and I tore up my hands, nice, all bloody. And the very next place the tour bus went was the Dead Sea. <laughs> so I don't know if you know where I'm going yet. Oh, I know. All the, the salt content in the is, Dead Sea is, uh, is off the chart. It's insane. And so they warned because that's me. Why, that's why you float. Yes. And that's why everybody has it in the mall. So and they I, sell had, it to you. I had to go in because you can't go all the way across the planet and not get in the Dead Sea. Yeah. But I weighed out with my hands up in the air <laughs> and I'm floating in this high salt. You know, uh-huh. content water and just terrified I'm going to drop my hands or something. And I managed to I managed nice. to do it, but I didn't have fun doing it. You right. know? But that day was the fun day for me at 14. You know, mm-hmm. seeing where maybe the crucifixion took place and seeing where maybe he was born and you know just seeing Jerusalem and the the countryside. They're very vague memories for me now. Mm. Um, and so, long way of saying, I would <sighs> love to go back. I want to go do that. I would love to go back. It's just. That part of the world, you know, it depends on the the year, the time of year, right? Where the violence is off the charts, the risk. Well, just uh, just the, just what you said, like to to go see where maybe he was born. Like we got to take a trip there, but due to due to like political unrest and things like that, we couldn't go to Bethlehem. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't an option. Ah. We couldn't go there because it was unsafe. And yeah. So it's you know that's, that's interesting. But but I, I ask because we my mom used to uh, for the church that we grew up in. She led the trips 
over to uh, to Israel, and so she would. Uh, so she gained like tons and tons and tons of miles, and so later on in life she was so she was the one that she would like they would have like a a Hebrew guide like somebody that was an Israeli guide that would take them around and um, shout out to Abraham he was awesome and uh, and then she would but she would do all the teaching and and so then we took a trip and like my parents got a whole bunch of people and then with all of her extra miles and stuff they got. They got all of the kids, the four of us, to go along, and and my wife That's got to go, cool. and so we got to take a trip. But one of the places that we went was a place where they think the Sermon on the Mount happened, um, or or may have happened. And the really cool thing about the Sermon on the Mount is that it, like, like we tend to think of like he's up on high on a hill and talking to all these people, but it would have been reversed, and that he would have been down because of how the wind blows, that they would have sat up on the hill, and he would have been down below, and talking, and the wind would have carried his voice up the hill. Interesting. And so I don't know if that's actually how it happened, or that I actually Hey, if that's what your mom says, that, but right? that's what I remember from that place, and I just remember <laughs> it was really cool. Also, I did totally run down... The snake path? Uh, the snake path from Masada to... Did you ever see awesome. the... Uh, I think it's a six-hour... It's it's made in the late '80s, early '90s, I think, okay. and it's called Masada. There's a really bad like two hour version, but there's a six hour. It was like an NBC miniseries or something, mm-hmm. um, and it's got Peter O'Toole, who's a famous mm-hmm. old. He, I think he died years ago, but he's a famous English actor, and he played the Roman. Um, I forgot his position, but the big dog, okay. the <clears throat> antagonist, and um, Peter Sellers. And I can't remember what else he was in, but he played uh, Elazar, who was the leader of these Jews that that revolted. They were the Zealots, uh, if that if that name rings a bell. As we've talked about different groups of Jews in first century uh, Jesus day, mm-hmm. uh, he was the leader of the Zealots. They they pillaged. They were really anti-Roman. They wanted to kick the Romans out. And this is a true story. They ended up hunkering down on Masada, and nine hundred and some people there hunkered down and they were surrounded by thousands of Roman soldiers right. and his long time standoff. And I will not spoil what happened, but <laughs> it's an incredible true story. I think you've already spoiled what happens from the stage. Probably have. Talking about the zealots. I think I did. I think you did. I think it I was did. a couple months ago. It's fascinating. I know and, it to- totally is. I agree. Oh, uh, just incredible. So if you don't know, you should totally look up the story of Masada. Every Israeli soldier after they go through basic training has to go to Masada hmm. because that's that's how big that story in, in their history is of the valiant effort of their people. Um, story of the high ground too. Story of the high ground. Oh, <laughs> it's the ultimate man. story of the I know, high ground. Right, for real. So cool. Yeah. Tanner's like, yeah, yeah. We I should agree. we should go someday. I, you know, even talking to Rick Thompson last week, we we aired a, a interview with him. Right. He's been over there several times, and uh, I saw a picture uh, uh, of of them talking about going back. They haven't gone in a couple of years because of the pandemic, but there's there's a decent number of pastors. I think typically when you get older, that start taking groups. Yeah. That, that um, and I, are you old enough yet? I don't know that I've are gotten you older? to that place. Man, I of... hope you are. If not, Ron is. <laughs> you know what? Ron Downing is older. I enough. think he owes us a trip. <laughs> let's talk to, let's I'm talk sure to my mom that. would be on board. Like she'd totally be like, "Okay, I'll go. I'd go." <laughs> and I promise you, if my mom went, like we will see a lot of stuff. Yeah, go tomorrow. We will go to a lot of places. Well, and back to our teaching series. You know, it it makes it makes things like the Sermon on the Mount come to life. Yeah. Like when you can just picture this is. This is the kind of, of place where it happened. You can kind of just see um, what what that day looked like, what those those moments looked like. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you that you said, and I thought this was a a pretty interesting uh, list, bullet point list that you had this weekend, that talking about the Sermon on the Mount, that it is the um, most well known and the least understood, and I forget all of the other things that were on the list. But um, I'm I'm curious from your perspective, why do you feel like everybody knows this, but nobody knows this? Mm. And uh, you know, do is is that something that we that we as an American church, as the as a Christian church, the big C church across the world, like struggle with? Is it just, is there, what is it, what is it about that that makes it like, okay, everybody's heard this, but nobody really knows this? That's a great question. Uh, I, I think it comes back to how many stories did Jesus tell that were misunderstood or that were perplexing 
or he was such, I, I've read multiple, you know, smart people say he's the best storyteller ever, which that doesn't surprise us who, who know and believe that he is God in the flesh. Should, mm-hmm. should we be surprised that the best storyteller ever <laughs> to live was when God became was the one that made it fully all human? Yeah. Um, but he was such an incredible storyteller and he was, he taught through story. So it's not just the Sermon on the Mount. There are so many instances through Jesus's teachings or through Jesus's moments of explaining things or telling stories where people were, were confused or they were angry, or they misunderstood his own closest disciples. Just, it's like things were going over their heads constantly. So in that regard, it doesn't shock me that the Sermon on the Mount, which is his longest teaching, is is said by some to be his least understood, least obeyed, uh, even though it's so well-known. It's mostly well-known in part because it's so long. It's his longest teaching we have recorded. So that, that alone kind of jumps out at us. But it's also where he, over and over again, we're going to look at it in pieces, and my hope for our listeners and for anybody who's journeying with us on Sunday mornings over the next several weeks is don't just take it in little bite-sized chunks. Read the whole thing multiple times because it's not meant to be, let's just take a bullet point at a time. But having said that, over and over and over and over again, he says, okay, here's the deal. Here's what you have heard. Here's what you did read. Here's what you were taught. Here's, here's the way you think. And he flips it and says, but here's the real deal. And so it's just so challenging. And he goes deeper. He goes broader in all these different areas that um, that's why it makes sense to me that it's just so, it's so missed or so challenging I think, frankly, there's there. You put me on the spot, so I can't think of anything particular. But there's several <laughs> teachings that I'll bet we just don't talk about, in part because we don't know what to do with, hmm. you know, or we're not as comfortable um, discerning what that means for us. I guess here's one random thing. This is this is one random thing that comes to mind: is how often do we talk about the Holy Spirit in our church camp? You know, in our, we talk a whole lot about the father because we all had a dad, you know, um, even if it was name only, our, a lot of us are dads. We get it. We get what a dad is. We talk about the son. Uh, he's the one who became flesh and blood and, and said words and did things and is recorded by non-biblical historians and how often do we talk about the Holy Spirit? It's not because we don't have things written about him. It's not because he's not, you know, a co-equal part of the Trinity from Scripture. It's because in large part, a lot of us, including church pastors, church leaders, teachers, don't know what to do with the Spirit. So just by default, we talk less about the Spirit. I think that that may be a reach, but I, I think that applies at some level to the Sermon on the Mount, there are some really uncomfortable, challenging truths that Jesus laid out for us in the Sermon on the Mount. So you know what? I'm going to go back to John 3.16. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the prodigal son. I'm going to go back, you know, we, and we pick these other narratives, these other teachings of Paul that we can wrap our brains around. So that's my two cents. I think it's, it's just buckle up. Like if you haven't really studied Sermon on the Mount, I'm, I'm excited for you. And I'm excited that we're doing it as a community because there's going to be questions. There's going to be, there's going to be multiple, yeah, but moments. That's what I'm looking forward to. If you're not already thinking it, you will. Yeah, okay, yeah, but is he, is he serious? So yeah, but are you talking like he says this, but that doesn't really fit what I believe, or what we, how we live, or what we expect from our lives. I think, I think for sure, there's an element of yeah, but that's not, that's not how we really live, because we don't see enough people on our left and our right living that way. I think another part. I think some people read the Sermon on the Mount and they see it as unattainable, like it's the bar is so high that can't be what God expects. Um, and, and yet 
it is exactly what he lays out. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what, if you truly come under my rule, this is what it will look like. Um, okay, so you also said it, it's uh, as close as we get to a, a manifesto of what it's like, to, of what it means to follow Christ. I'm curious, like, so as you said, this one's one that's like, it's, it's almost unattainable, or it feels like it's just too far out there. How, how, how would you um, maybe contrast the, the manifesto that you see out of this one versus, I think, the, maybe the manifesto that we live out of the uh, love God, love people? Um, you know, the, the first and the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and the second is like it, you love, love, love your neighbor as yourself where it feels like that's kind of what we latch on to is like, okay, this is what it means to be a Christ follower. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what you're asking. Back up and... So, so to me, to me if, you, if you think about... Um, you're saying this, that the Sermon on the Mount is, is basically the Christian manifesto. Right. I'm saying that we kind of live like the love God, love people is the Christian manifesto. So what's the difference if one of them is super hard and long and the other one is really short and you just have to figure out who your neighbor is, like, how are those, how, do those, do those go together? Is that, does one cancel out the, not, not no, cancel no, out I, the I, other? I but... think I hear what you're saying. I, th- I think the, first of all, Jesus was very clear. He said, the greatest commandment is love God with all, all of you, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And the second is like it. He, he brought two to the same level and said, love your neighbors yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. These sum up all the law, all the prophets. So on one hand, those of us, including myself, who crave simplicity, <laughs> who crave clarity, that's where we go. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. If that's all we do, right. we're doing it right. That's not a manifesto. A manifesto, by definition, is a, it's a long, <laughs> thorough uh, explanation of something whether we referred to Common Sense by Thomas Paine this weekend right. or the Communist Manifesto or these different manifestos over the years, if this is more like a manifesto, it's because it's so thorough. The, the two greatest commandments, that's not a thorough explanation of Christianity. So That's would... a simple, easier-to-grab-a-hold-of picture of what he's asking us to do. So, so would it be easier to look at it and say, okay, well, there's the love God, love people, and then this is how we actually would break it down and do that. You could argue that. Yeah. Yeah, you could argue Jesus said, love God, love people. Let's keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You could argue it's all about love. Love, 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 love. Relationship, you know. Uh, but then you could go, okay, let me break it down. Let's talk about marriage and divorce. Let's talk about anger and how we treat each other. Uh, let's talk about generosity and how we can resist that selfishly. And he just unpacks and unpacks and unpacks and unpacks. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's a better way of understanding the Sermon on the Mount is let's get thorough. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not saying they're separate. To me, I'm, I'm just kind of, if, as you say, this is the Christian manifesto, but it, it feels like this is kind of the, 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 the um, love God, all people is, is what the... More of the mission statement. Yeah, okay. This is what the church kind of latches on to, yeah. or, or maybe, maybe just the American church. Well, or you can't put like, the Sermon on well, the Mount the on one. a banner. <laughs> <laughs> At churches, we like to put something on the wall. Uh, we like to simplify it in a, some kind of social media post. You can't put a 15-minute, you know, thorough, really challenging message from Jesus on a postcard. Uh, you can put love God, love people. Right. Um, so that's more like a mission statement, more like a, a mindset. Um, yeah. Okay. So this was week one. Yes, sir. And you started with the very end. Correct. Why, why do we start with the very end instead of diving into the beginning? Why do you think we started with the very end? I'm Mind just here book. to ask questions yeah, on the but, podcast. But you heard... I'm the I mean, host. You were probably taking notes and probably re-listened to the message at least three or four times. I did, on repeat yesterday. I had nothing else to do at <laughs> At home. one and a half speed, I'm <laughs> that's sure. Right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you talked about it, but I wanted you to dive into it. I think I just... This is more Lauren. This is not... Uh, <laughs> let's, let's be really clear. Jesus didn't start with that last two paragraphs. He started somewhere else, you know? So far be it for me to say that's exactly how you're supposed to read the Sermon on the Mount. Let's start at the end. I did that trying to be remotely creative as a teacher because what jumped out to me is he 
he drops the hammer at the end and he puts a fork in the road for us and says, you want to be wise or you want to be stupid. Um, and, and speaking of simplicity, yes, yes. And I just thought that that carried a lot of weight for me. It makes me want to go back and read every word more carefully. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to take seriously the most challenging aspects of his teaching in this sermon on the Mount with that end in mind, man, do I, do I trust that God wants my good more than I want my good? Because if I do, then this is wisdom, and I, wa- I want to lean heavily into it. And so that's, that's where I was going. Um, yeah, maybe even to tie your thoughts together, Brooke, I, I wanted to start with this simple dichotomy at the end and then come back. And, and I don't know how many times we're going to bring up, you know, building a house and are we foolish or are we wise, you know, throughout the series, but I'm hoping, we, I'm hoping all of us are kind of thinking about that. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it to say, let's look at, you know, he says, okay, are you going to be wise? Are you going to be stupid? Yeah. And then now to go back and look at it throughout, okay, here's that teaching that's difficult. Here's the thing that they said, but I want to say, but, but, but. And then I still have to go back and say, okay, he said this. Do I want to be wise or do I want to be stupid? When I'm looking at this thing, do I want to be wise? Do I want to be stupid? Mm. When I'm talking about marriage or divorce or adultery or uh, the, the the needy or right. you know all these things, am I going to be wise or am I going to be stupid? And so it's it's an yep. interesting way to frame it. I'm putting you on the spot, Tanner, because I heard you say, I don't remember if you said it to me directly or you said it to your team meeting before service. I think it was after. I think it was after you heard the message, but you said you were excited and. I think you even mentioned having heard the message, you're even more excited to to delve into this. I'm putting you on the spot. I realize, yeah. But what 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 are you? What's going through your mind about the Sermon on the Mount? I just think it's not, um, it's not it's not something that we, uh, well, maybe other churches do. It's not something I grew up discussing. I've always heard the Sermon on the Mount, or I've heard bits and pieces of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's almost taken out of context. Um, and so the fact that we're going to camp out on this a little bit, and even the even the the way that we crafted um, the setup a little bit, you know, you just kind of brought it back full circle a little bit with the, the lens is there's a wise path and there's a foolish path. Um, well, I think you said stupid. Um, there's a wise path. Recently, there's a stupid path. Okay. Uh, I don't just, think that's what Jesus said. Just to be clear, Eugene Peterson paraphrased in the message that word "stupid." Beautiful, yeah. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it brings it home for me. <laughs> um, and so, I think the setup, the setup in that, as we as we go through this this whole sermon, this whole teaching, casting that lens, I guess, looking th- looking at each piece of it with that lens there. Uh, it kind of excites me because it does bring some some measure of clarity to a what could be confusing, over the top of our heads, discussion, conversation. And I think if there's anything, if there's anything that's going to bring people together, this is just me being real, um, if there's anything that's going to bring people together, it's going to be the word of Jesus. Like it's going to be, it's going to be Something he said, it's going to be, and even if it, even if we have different perspectives or views on something that he says or whatever, there's no arguing that this is, this is the infallible word of God, and and we 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 we're going to chase after this together. So to be able to camp out on something where we're we're reading we're reading other people's mail out of out of scripture. We are we're taking uh, something that Jesus taught on, and we're camping out on that a little bit, looking through the lens, asking ourselves introspectively the questions of what path are we going to take. Uh, I'm really excited because we take the we take sort of the the pressure off of leading people, and we let Jesus do it, and He does it so well. And so that's part of the reason I think why I'm really excited about this series. Even like leading up to, we, talk, we mentioned at the movies, we're getting ready for at the movies, leading up to at the movies, things like that. I think we can situate ourselves really well as a community um, to really hear the word of God clearly and uh, respond to um, 
people as they come in, new people, uh, people uh, needs within our city um, really well. And I think it's a good setup as we head into a time where in the summertime, we're really self-centered. We, we like to protect our own time. We, we do all that stuff, May, maybe more so than we are at other times. Um, arguably, though, everybody's favorite subject is themselves. And so uh, there is that, but mm, I love... The great prophet, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? Oh, my goodness. I just blanked on his name, wide receiver for the Cowboys, the 49ers. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. I uh, love me some me. Love me some me. <laughs> love me some me. <laughs> well, that's so that's kind of where, that's kind of why, just listening to the message, the setup for it. I mean, we didn't dive too deep into the teaching. Uh, we just really uh, yeah, gave yeah. us a good overview of where we're headed. Yeah. It kind of, uh, it makes me excited to to dive in and think through things um, in a deeper way. And And I do love the fact that, we have discussion questions that get sent out to our our, our small group leaders, and it, it really, if you have our if you have our app, you can. I mean, it's right there. Um, um, and so, I love the fact that we can do this together as a community, not just based off of what Lauren's saying, but even questions that follow and and in in conversation. I think if we do this right, this can be really, really impactful for our community mm. and set us up well. Mm. So that's why I'm excited. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I, I do really want to encourage everybody listening. Man, I don't, I don't know what your, your regular rhythms are. Uh, I think uh, if you're normal, at best, your rhythms of reading Scripture on your own ebb and flow, just like probably most of our other rhythms and practices mm. do. Uh, but regardless of what you're already doing or not doing, I want to encourage everybody to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, maybe you read one chapter every single day. I would lobby, read the whole thing. I think you can do it in about 15 minutes, uh, at least three or four times a week. Maybe the ambitious could do it five days a week or seven days a week. I think it's going to change what you hear the Lord say. I think it's going to change the way you digest some of the teachings along the way. Uh, for those of you that are even more ambitious, uh, after prioritizing reading the scripture itself, I want to recommend a book. You're going to hear me quote this at least a couple times in the next few weeks. Uh, there's a book by Dallas Willard uh, called The Divine Conspiracy, and it is in my top 10 books of all time, for sure, as far as the impact it's had on my life. Uh, and he, uh, it's not entirely about the Sermon on the Mount, but uh, he spends a ton of time on the Sermon on the Mount, and he spends a ton of time on Jesus as teacher, what that means for us. Um, I think in part related to our current times, one of the things I love about Dallas Willard, the author, he passed away, I think about 10 years ago now, but he had major problems, and this will come out even in the book, with both the Christian left and the Christian right. I think in a really healthy uh, challenging way. He had major problems with the Christian left, and it's it's what he called you know social gospel, social activism that that basically just left Jesus out of everything. Uh, that, which you know I, I don't think it's rocket science. That's not what we're called to be. He's the center of everything, mm. and so he he had major problems with the Christian left, but he also articulated really well his problems with the Christian right who were, you know, focused entirely on faith alone, faith alone, faith alone, and just abandoned all notions of work in the community and, and the work we're called to do as Christians in the world at large. And so I'm just, I really found Willard's teachings and, and his knowledge about uh, Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount to be really helpful. Um, I did. I did bring one quote out of the book that I wanted to read. That's not 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 unique to the Sermon on the Mount, but it's central to who we are at Colonial, and our push for discipleship, our push to be in groups and in mentoring relationships. That you're just going to hear more and more about moving forward here at Colonial. This is a quote from the middle of of Willard's book. He says this. He says, "Who teaches you? Whose disciple are you? Honestly, one thing is sure." You are somebody's disciple. You learned how to live from somebody else. There are no exceptions to this rule, for human beings are just the kind of creatures that have to learn and keep learning from others how to live. 
He's spot on. We, we all learn from somebody. We are learning from somebody. And this call to be intentional about who we're learning from and who we're discipling, who we're teaching. Uh, on one end, we've already talked a little about, hey, who are you reading? Mm-hmm. And what news are you watching? And who are you listening to? And who is informing you of what's going on? It's shaping who you are more than you know. And on the other end of it, who are you pouring into? Who are you influencing? Not just your, obviously, your, your kids at your ankles, for some of us, but adults, other people in our spheres of influence. Uh, discipleship, you'll, you'll hear Jordan, one of our pastors, our, our spiritual formation pastor here at Colonial, I don't know how many times I've heard him say, discipleship is the heart of church ministry. Discipleship is the heart of church ministry. It's one of his mantras because he gets it too. It's all about life-on-life influence, life-on-life teaching. Sermon on the Mount, I can't think of a better place for us to be to wrestle with who's influencing us and how is it shaping the way we think. And let's go back to Jesus over and over again. Yeah, I like that just even even in the uh, the... The struggle to understand some of it, or or maybe even asking that question of wait, what that that kind of feeling of okay, well, let's just not gloss over it. Let's not just breeze past this and move on to the easier to understand things. But let's spend some time on the the difficult subjects and the hard things. So, well, I think um, the the tough parts of the Sermon on the Mount are a perfect opportunity for uh, for people to be able to send in questions. Yes, um, and we should get more questions over the next several weeks than than normal. And I'm I'm please I'm I'm begging. I mean, if it's Jesus's longest teaching and yes. most difficult to understand, then yes, this is the perfect opportunity to to send, be able to discuss some. Of these send things. in an anonymous one that goes. I'm not buying it. You know, I need I need more explanation on this, or I don't understand this or that. Um, err on the side of asking a a, br- a blunt question, a challenging question. If you're thinking it, somebody else is thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So do do it for everybody else for sure. Even if you are a person that is that has submitted before, or you feel like you're asking lots of questions, that's great. Go for it. If you've never done it before, perfect. That's fine too. Email us podcast at colonialchurch.com. If you've got our app, you can uh, you can fill out the form there and and do it in there as well. But um, this this seems like a a perfect opportunity for uh, for us to um, try to. You know, be able to understand understand this and digest this as a, as a group, rather than just sit around and talk about it from our perspectives. You know, so um, Lauren's given me the uh, wrap it up signal because we've got to uh, <laughs> we've got to get going here. Um, the uh, that's the end. You guys good? Do we are we going to ever end a podcast like that? I just did, and you kept talking. The end. I kept talking, and so now I got to keep going. So, um, all right. So <laughs> last call. You guys, anything else you want to add? Nope. No. Nope. Okay. Episode 18. Episode 18, coming to an end. We're going to pause the conversation there. We will be back next week as we dive into the beginning, maybe, yes. of the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. <laughs> I'm not, I just don't want to assume. Week you know, two, we start at the end. The beginning. Do we go backwards the whole way? <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we'll kick it off next week as we go into the Sermon on the Mount and we get more into that. And um, we will uh, we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.